What is up, guys? Welcome to our podcast, Simply Food with Rob and Brian. Today, we're here at our cyberspace headquarters where we're all about sharing recipes, cooking tips, and keeping amazing food simple. Welcome to Simply Food with Chef Brian Sarah and Chef Rob Pampa. Today's episode is Pasta 101. We'll be talking about the proper cooking techniques, different varieties of pasta, and Brian will be sharing one of his favorite recipes for meat sauce. Today's sponsors are Florida Spice Company and JP Knife and Tool Sharpening. Welcome, welcome everybody. Uh, Pasta 101. I'm excited for today's episode. Uh, Our very first episode, so we're really uh, excited to get this started. Um, We'll be discussing probably one of my favorite uh, to-go meals during the week, pasta. We all love it. Um, We all get excited for it. Rob is going to be sharing um, a couple different types of pasta and um, how to cook them and what sauces are better for them. Um, I'll be discussing uh, a killer recipe towards the end, so you don't want to miss that. Super simple recipe that you can utilize uh, during the week. And always have it available for your family instead of reaching for that jar, that process jar, each and every single time. So I'll make that recipe super simple. Man, I'm excited to get started, bro. Yeah, I agree. This is going to be a fun episode. So what you got? So let's talk about uh, pasta for a couple minutes. We'll talk about how it's made and different types. Uh, Fresh pasta, obviously, there's fresh pasta and dry pasta. Most of the fresh pasta is made with semolina flour, durum flour, and depending on the consistency, some white or even wheat flour. Um, Dry pastas are pretty much mainly made with white flour or wheat flour. Um, For cooking pasta, you always want to cook pasta kind of not not totally cooked all the way through, which is which is called al dente, which means to the bite. Um, and that way it's the proper consistency. It's not gummy and and it, it holds its shape really, really well. So starting an important part of that is starting with a hot boiling pot of water that is salted um, with enough salt to that you can taste it. See that that's the interesting part for me. Um how much is enough salt? And that's a question that um I get asked all the time on social media whenever I'm posting uh different dishes. How do you know that the uh pasta water is has enough has enough salt? Cuz that's the only opportunity to season it, right? Right. So I mean, for me, if I'm cooking at home, uh for the average pot that's on a stove at home, I would say roughly a tablespoon of salt. But uh, like we were saying, that the, the best way to you have to be able to taste the salt in the water. Otherwise, it won't pick up. It won't be picked up in the pasta. It won't enhance the pasta. So so tasting that in the water before the water gets too hot, obviously, yeah. is is imperative. So, you know, if you just want to use a spoon or you could use your finger or else use a spoon and make sure you blow on it. And um, roughly a tablespoon, yeah. roughly a tablespoon will will be good enough. But um, that's it. That's kind of like my technique. I always, that's my kind of go-to trick. I, I salt the water first. And it, you don't need to go too aggressive on the salt to begin with because it's always easy to add. It's more difficult to kind of take away if you over-salt your water. But I always taste it, obviously, like uh, Rob said, before the water comes to a boil, 
give it a little taste, a, a good teaspoon, you know, and that, and that way you have a good feel of how much, you know, salt you really got in there. Yep, exactly. Also, there's uh, oil. People always are, people think that the, the, the reason for the oil in the water is to uh, keep the pasta from sticking, and that's, that's not true. Uh, the oil is put in the water to prevent the pot from boiling over, which happens is what happens is the starch starts to come to the top. And as the water is boiling, it, it bubbles up on top. And if you have a little bit of oil there, it prevents that from happening. Interesting. That's because the oil sits on top. Yeah. It sits on the top and, and prevents it prevents. Yeah. It, it, uh, just, just keeps it from, from the starch from bubbling up. Interesting. Another interesting thing with the water you don't want to fill your pot of water any any more than halfway. Um, anything more than halfway, once you start add, adding your pasta and it actually comes to a boil and it starts cooking, uh, most likely you're going to start getting the water splashing everywhere. If you have a little bit of oil in there for whatever reason, you get oil all over the place. So a good uh, tip for uh, you know how much to fill your pot of water is uh, no more than halfway sure that that's a good that's a good point so once you start with the boiling salted water if you're using if you're cooking fresh pasta it's going to take considerably less time than dry pasta fresh pasta probably around six or seven minutes and uh dry pasta probably about 10 depending on the thickness of the pasta around 10 11 minutes will will cook it till it's about al, al dente um now, um, that also depends on the size of the pasta. If you're cooking angel hair pasta, which is very thin and dry, it's, it's only going to take a few minutes. So, so that's a, an exception to the rule as far as dry pasta is concerned, just because it's so thin. But for the most part, dry pastas take considerably longer than, than fresh. Yeah, and, and I got to tell you, bro, um, I love fresh pasta. I love making it. Um, it's a little bit time consuming, so it's kind of like a food right. of love thing. Yep. But for the average family like like us that are on the nine to five grind and you want to get home and, <clears throat> and you want to eat quick, you know, typically, you know, the dry pasta that we get at the supermarket is, is, is what I go for. Um, it's important too when you're cooking pasta, always read the manufacturer's direction on the actual box. You know, I always look at them because I always like to cook with different types of box pasta, like what we buy in the supermarket. Right, exactly. Okay, so different pastas and uh, what they're good for. Now, obviously, pasta it's 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 a personal type thing as far as personal preference is concerned. So you can use whatever you want for whatever application, but but uh, kind of general rules, uh, spaghetti is is probably the most popular pasta and it's great for tomato and meat sauces. Fettuccine is good for cream sauces and pestos. Linguine, which is a small ribbon, is great with seafood and clams. And then you also have a different category, which is uh, for pastas that are good for baking, which are the, the, the thicker of the pastas. They're good for putting them in the oven you know like you're making uh cannellini so, so you have like cannellini tubes or rigatoni tubes bake or ziti lasagna sheets these are all great and can handle being being cooked for a longer period of time and are designed to be cooked all the way through um and then another type is 
pastas that go good in soups. They're the, the tiny ones, the ones that that have a relatively low cooking time, just a few minutes, even though they're dry pastas. You've got pastini, you have small shells, farfalla pasta, and stars. These all do well being cooked in broth as well. So you can put them in your um, your chicken noodle soup or, or you know, a, a different Italian soup, something like that, and, and they hold up really well. I love spaghetti, man. I think that whenever I'm making pasta, spaghetti has to be at the top of my choice of what I'm cooking. Uh, spaghetti, rigatoni, uh, those two for me, uh, they, they make me happy. I yeah. mean, that's, those are my, my favorite. Yeah, spaghetti's a great uh, all-purpose. And, and in my family, you said rigatoni, in my family, that was always the, the preferred pasta. Whenever we cooked pasta, it was pretty much just just assume that it's going to be ziti. I mean, uh, rigatoni. I guess the most difficult thing with spaghetti is making sure that you're either making enough for yourself or you're cooking enough for the entire neighborhood. Like, exactly. And, and a cool trick that I didn't know is that those um, those spoons that you use to stir the pasta that have a little hole in the middle of them, mm-hmm. you, you don't want to. Yeah. That's meant to be designed for a portion for one for one person. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. Get cooking professionally and then going home and cooking. I've done that many times. Even cooking a, a, a soup, you end up end up making a soup for the entire neighborhood when you really only plan to make it for three or four people. Yeah, which I love, man. Like when I'm cooking, I I can't cook a little bit. I right. gotta make enough. You know, I like cooking in large portions. Yep. So I'm always used to cooking for at least you know three four people easy. Right. Uh, plus, in my professional job, um, you know, I used to. Uh, cook for uh, hundreds and thousands of people at a time so it, it's something that i really enjoy i i really love doing it oh yeah but you know what pasta never goes to waste pasta is something that'll never go in a trash can you That's could true. you know it, it it the pasta leftovers are always great in my family if we had pasta for supper if you wanted and and, and there were leftovers if you wanted it the next day, you better be the first one up in the morning because yep. most of the time it was eaten for breakfast. And another cool thing is if you do end up making, you know, extra um, extra food, you know, in regards to pasta, you know, for example, you know, the traditional uh, meat sauce and, and pasta that I, I'm going to share a super easy recipe later. But if you do kind of get into that situation where you have too many, too much pasta left over. Mm-hmm. Put into a casserole dish. You can either hold it in the fridge or freeze it. You know, a, a pan that's safe to go into into the freezer. And when you're ready, uh, right from the freezer, top it with some cheese and bake it in the oven. It doesn't matter if it's spaghetti. It doesn't matter if it's rigatoni. You can get creative, really, sure. and just yeah, of course, something that was left over. You can bake it and turn it into a little casserole. Yep. So cool. Anything else that you got, Rob? No, I think that's it. I'm I'm excited to hear about the the, the the meat sauce. Yeah, this meat sauce is uh, so get ready, guys. Super easy recipe that that's been in my recipe book now for a long time, and that's the traditional uh, meat sauce. So this recipe is definitely my go-to. It I really enjoy it because you can make a good sized batch for it, and it'll be. It'll be incredible. You can use some. You can freeze some. So this is your traditional um, meat sauce, bolognese sauce. Some people call it, you know, a Sunday sauce because it does take a long time to cook. So 
that's the only kind of downside to this. This is a, a meat sauce that is meant to be cooked, you know, when you're home and you don't have, you know, a whole lot of plans for the day and you can let this simmer on top of the stove for a couple of hours. So I'm going to run down the list of ingredients really quick. And you, you'll need a pound each of sweet Italian sausage and, and ground chuck or ground sirloin or ground round. Um, these three cuts of beef I prefer because they're a little bit leaner. You also need a pound of, and with this one you can get creative. I wouldn't substitute the, the Italian sausage or the ground beef. Um, for the third pound of meat, you can really go with whatever you like. Uh, ground pork, you can go with ground um, veal, uh, whatever really makes you happy. Or just double the beef and just do two pounds of beef. But basically one pound of each, and that that's basically the the foundation of this yep. of this dish i really like having the combination having going with just uh the the meat excuse me the beef is there's nothing wrong with that but having the combination of say the sausage and pork as well or even veal if you wanted that really adds um depth to the sauce and you can really it really makes a difference in in the final product so i agree with that definitely and the Italian sausage is ground, of course. If you can't find the ground stuff, you can always take the uh, the, the meat out of the casing if you find the little links. Yeah. Basically, those are the meats. For veggies, one onion, large, carrot, celery, garlic, and mushrooms. And you want them chopped down really small. We're not looking for bigger chunks of vegetables, so you can either put them in the food processor and grind them up not to a paste but you want them you know fairly small or chop them by hand um two bottles of tomato sauce or tomato product um whole tomatoes uh those bottles uh, tend to range about 24 ounces to 28 ounces so two cans or two bottles of that beef stock two cups red wine one cup fresh basil one cup one bay leaf salt uh, pepper, brown sugar, and those three um, really to taste. The recipe is written for one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of brown sugar, and a quarter teaspoon of uh, black pepper. This recipe also calls for the Florida Spice Company's Italian blend. I use a whole tablespoon of that, and that's basically it. Um, so once you have those ingredients ready, you want to start in a decent deep pot that you will use maybe to boil up some 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 pasta mm -hmm. you want something that is really deep and can hold because this is going to be again a, a good sized batch of, of meat sauce right so start by preheating your pot to medium high heat once your meat once your pan is uh it's preheated add about a tablespoon or tablespoon or two of uh oil that will hold the temperature well and, and wouldn't burn so like canola or vegetable or grapeseed something along those lines um, add the oil to the pot and basically you can add the three meats into the pot and you want to start browning that right. um, everything in, in the pot um, the meat first and you want to give the meat the teaspoon of salt and the quarter teaspoon of black pepper and you want to start with that. Uh, you got to ensure that the meat is 
brown well because that's really what gonna give it's what's gonna give that initial depth of flavor to the actual meat sauce if you don't give the meat enough time to brown you're just gonna end up with pale looking meat that's not too appetizing we're looking for that deep caramelized color on the meat and this is probably gonna take a good 10 to 15 minutes yeah. and again this is a high heat initial stage of the process because again we're looking for a lot of color so obviously don't burn it but you know you're looking for those bits in the bottom to start getting brown right that color helps build the flavor yeah man it's so some people get impatient and um this stage is really important once you get to that stage of browning the meat then you want to hit the pot with a good um cup of red wine and the red wine, it doesn't need to be anything expensive. Um, I typically, you know, if it's for cooking purposes and I go to a supermarket, I'm looking for the cheaper bottle, man. And I'm not looking to spend, you know. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it doesn't have. Yeah, it's not a. <laughs> I'm not looking right. for a killer bottle of wine of to, to cook. So I'm looking for something, you know, uh, yellowtail, uh, something that's inexpensive. Right, of um, course. So you want to deglaze this meat, this meat that has been browning with a good cup of red wine into the meat sauce. It goes once you add the red wine, all those bits from the bottom that have been caramelizing are going to be uh, lifted off the bottom. At that point, you can start adding the rest of the ingredients. And those are going to be the carrot, celery, the onion, the mushrooms, the garlic. Everything goes into the pot. Everything has been chopped down, you know, small dice, yep. super yep. small. And as the wine is kind of evaporating and concentrating the flavors, then the vegetables are going to absorb some of that wine too. And you want to give the pot a good stir at that point. And basically, this process is still occurring over um, medium high heat or mm -hmm. high heat. Yep. We're still looking for a lot of color to those vegetables too. Once that happens and you've obtained the color, and this will take up probably three, three or four minutes on medium-high heat, okay. um, those vegetables are going to start getting a little bit translucent. At that point, um, you can add the two, cup, the two cans or bottles of the tomato product. Again, I like getting um, the Roma tomatoes that come in a can. Yep. But you add the two jars of tomato into the pot, and again, this still occurs over high heat. After you add the tomatoes, the two cups of beef stock, you want to divide that and you want to actually pour that into the actual empty can of tomato because we want to make sure that we rinse that out. Yeah, that's a good we, point. Yeah. We don't want to waste any tomato no, product. So yep. one cup of beef stock into the empty jars of the tomato, give that a good swirl and add those uh, two cups of beef stock that have been stirred with the tomato inside the pot. Nothing is wasted. At that point, um, we add what's remaining, and that's the, the one bay leaf, the teaspoon of brown sugar, and the tablespoon of Italian spice. You add that to the pot, and at that point, it won't take a lot to come to a boil. Um, we do have fresh basil that we are not going to add at the beginning stage of this dish, we're going to leave that for last. So everything goes in the pot. You give that a good stir to combine all the ingredients well. As soon as the pot comes to a boil, which won't be long because it's already smoking hot. After that point, you want to reduce the heat to low 
you want to cover the pot and you want to let this go at least three hours. Just um, let it simmer for three hours. Three hours, man. If I if I have time, I leave it for four hours. Got it. And again, it, it may sound uh, that like it's it's a lot of time, but it's a food or love thing. This meat sauce after three hours, you're gonna get an amazing, thick, luscious. The meat is almost going to disappear into the actual tomato. So at that point, you won't be able to tell that there's actually meat in there because it's going to disintegrate to the point that you won't feel it. it it'll really melt in, in your mouth. So three, four hours and you can let that simmer um, over low heat, covered. Forget about it. Don't worry that it's there. And that's that's pretty much it, man. What, once this meat sauce is done, you want to let it... Um, rest at least an hour before you kind of cook it that's the difficult part i bet you once it's done you want to you want to dig into it but once the meat sauce has completely cooled you know that's when the flavors are going to really develop and it'll be even better the next day at that point you have a couple options you could either serve this you know for dinner over spaghetti that we discussed earlier it's my favorite rigatoni and you could take the remaining batch of the meat sauce and really freeze it. You can get into those zip things, those, right. those zipper bags that yeah, are freezer safe. They're perfect. You put a little bit in there, you flan it out, and you and you pop it in the freezer. Some bowls too, like the, the plastic right. bowls, hold well in the freezer. You could you could go that route. But basically, once you freeze this and you divide it into portions. You can really put this meat sauce, man, on just about anything, and it'll be really, really spectacular. I'm telling you what, man. I didn't have breakfast this morning. The way you described this meat sauce, I, I think, I think I'm having, uh, I think I'm having pasta for dinner. <laughs> man, you got to try that. So, anyways, guys, that that's a recipe that it's been in my recipe book for a long time. It won't disappoint. Uh, you'll fall in love with it, uh, just like I have. So. If you want, again, the ingredients in case that you missed them for whatever reason, let us know. Um, shoot us a, a message on our on our Instagram or the email for Simply Food Podcast. It's on the body of our social media pages. Let us know. We'll be happy to share the recipe with you. And, man, I, I, I got a batch of that in my freezer right now. And I'm about to take it out and cook some pasta for dinner, too. Nah, I'm jealous, man. I'm tell I'm telling you, I'm not just kidding. I, I I really think I'm gonna have pasta tonight. So to recap what we talked about today, we have uh, there's fresh and dry pastas that we try to cook to al dente, which is not cooking them all the way through so that they're mushy. So you cook it to to kind of like uh just just into to the bite, and then. Your cooking times definitely vary. Pay attention to the boxes. Um, the cooking instructions will tell you whether it's a pasta that takes two minutes or whether it takes 10 to 12 minutes. And different types of pasta, you know, like spaghetti, fettuccine, linguine, they're great for, you know, spaghetti's good for tomato, fettuccine, cream sauces, and linguine is for, for, for clams and seafood. And then also, the uh, the larger pastas are great for baked dishes, and the, the tiny little ones, they're great to add to soup. So, and then also you got Brian's family recipe um, for the bolognese sauce. 
start with a nice hot pot, add a tiny bit of oil that, that has uh, a high smoking point, and then once the pot is nice and hot, then add your meat, cook it through till it's till you get excellent color, and then start adding your other, incorporating your other ingredients into it. Once they're cooked, add your liquid and your spices and your seasonings and let it simmer for at least three hours on low. So, um, and then if you have time, and, and, and I'm definitely a firm believer in the longer you let a sauce, let, let it, let it take time. Time is the most important ingredient in something like a sauce because all that flavor starts to meld together and and um, and, and and then it, it it really starts to build upon each other and and makes a great sauce. That's all right, guys. So that's going to be a wrap for today's podcast. Make sure you tune into the next one. Also, if you want an insight scoop before our next episode, make sure you give us a follow on Instagram at Simply Food Podcast. With all this being said, thank you guys for all the love and support. Make sure you hit us up with your comments and your thoughts, and we'll catch you guys next time.